Welcome to the Way of Crypto podcast, your best daily news source covering everything happening in the crypto and Bitcoin space every single weekday morning. We go over market news, price action, and of course, all the drama happening in crypto every single day. If you want to support the show, you can find us on Patreon and do that as a general supporter at three bucks a month. Or if you want to take it up a notch, you can contribute to the show with 10 bucks a month. This allows you to not only contribute to the show financially, but also with show content as well as it enables you to ask any question you want, hopefully about crypto. But if not, I'm probably going to answer it anyway. And we'll go over all those answers every single Friday. However, the best way to support the show is simply to subscribe and give us a review on your favorite podcast listening platform. You can do this on Spotify and Apple and all your favorite podcast listening platforms. Subscribe, give us a review. That's the best way to support the show. Finally, if you want to take your keys into your own hands, you can purchase a Ledger device through the link in the description. This ensures you're purchasing the device through the Ledger website and it has not been tampered with by a third party like what can happen if you purchase through Amazon or eBay or a third party seller. You never know if your device has been tampered with. Uh, so use the link in the description. It ensures you're purchasing through Ledger and also 10% of that purchase will go to support the way of crypto at no extra cost to you. If you want to reach out to me on social media, you can find me on Twitter at Way of Cryptocast, on TikTok at Way of Crypto. But the best way is to go to the website www.thewayofcrypto.com. There's an email link there. You can fill it out. Let me know your questions, comments, and concerns, and I'll get back to you. There's also an RSS link on the website if you run your own podcast server and you want to subscribe through that RSS link. You can do that. Let's get into the news. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Way of Crypto podcast. We got a ton of stuff to talk about. Sam Bankman freed, maybe under investigation in Texas. We'll chat about that a little bit. A little bit of Duquan stuff. He's kind of saying he invented his um, controversial, I guess we could call it, Twitter persona for entertainment value. Uh, we're going to talk about that a little bit. Some Bitcoin price prediction stuff. Some Bitcoin volatility that may be popping up according to Glassnode. And yeah, that's going to be, that's kind of, that's the podcast in a nutshell right there. So let's get into the Fear and Greed Index. Currently sitting at a 22. We've come up a little bit from yesterday's 21. Last week, a 24. Last month, a 27. Still an extreme fear though. No change there. Let's have a look at price action. Bitcoin currently sitting at a little bit of a, I wouldn't call it a pump, but uh, we're up a little bit compared to yesterday in Bitcoin. 19,617 bucks. Ethereum's uh, at 13. 30 looks green really across the board. BNB is at 274, XRP is at 47 cents, Cardano's at 36 cents, Solana at $30.87, Matic at 86 cents, Polkadot $6.21. Matic's actually got, I would say, Matic's experiencing a pump right now. They're almost up 3% on the 24. Tron is at 6 cents. Shiba Inu, uh, too many zeros for flat on the 24 and flat on the weekly as well. Uniswap is at $6.33. AVAX at $16.11. LEO token for $24. Litecoin, $52.04. Cosmos, $12.52. Chainlink, $7.20. Ethereum Classic, $23.94. FTX token, $23.84. Stellar 11 cents, Kronos 11 cents. Let's look, have a look at our top movers here. I think it's going to be 
Cosmos is. Uh, Cosmos is up 5% on the 24-hour flat on the weekly, though. And Matic up about 4%. Those are our biggest movers in the top 30 today. Let's get right into the news. First story of the day comes from Cointelegraph. Bitcoin's price easily due to hit $2 million in six years. This is from Larry Leppard. Current BTC price is nearing the level where Leppard will back up the truck with the asset managing manager eyeing 100x gains. Back up the truck means load up on Bitcoin at these current price levels below 20000 It's only up from here. It's only up from here. Bitcoin is at... 19,634, like we just went through. It's on track to hit a massive $2 million within six years, asset manager guru Lawrence Larry Leopard believes. In his latest appearance on Quoth the Raven podcast, Leopard said that BTC to USD could easily deliver 100x gains uh, from its current prices. But that, uh, remember, this is a long term prediction. So uh, in the next six years, so we're looking at uh, a Bitcoin halving and a half uh, going on nearing two halvings there and yeah there's lots of room for upside yeah the, the downside at this point now it's not very downside is not very much upside massive depending on how long your projection is leopard this is a quote from him i personally believe bitcoin's price is going 100x with bitcoin in a downward trend for almost a year bullish btc price predictions are few and far between Leopard, already known for his optimism on both Bitcoin and precious metals, has become one of the lone voices forecasting a seven-figure BTC price tag in the current environment. In his podcast appearance, the Equity Manager Associates founder revealed that he is still dollar-cost averaging into Bitcoin. That's kind of, I'm not a financial, financial counselor or financial advisor, but I uh, kind of recommend people put a little bit of money into Bitcoin every month like they're like they do to their pension fund. Anything uh, similar to in uh, Canada, we have RSPs in the States. You have IRAs and uh, different countries have different stuff. Listeners from all over the world. But I kind of recommend just take what you can afford to lose every month. That could be 20 bucks or it could be a dollar or it could be a thousand bucks. But you're just uh, kind of slowly accumulating Bitcoin, especially in these um, hard crypto winter times that we're in now. In his podcast appearance, the Equity Management Associates founder revealed that he is still dollar cost averaging into Bitcoin. I really like to read sentences twice sometimes, buying on a fixed amount every week, regardless of the price. He also views it as a risk not to own BTC as a in what he calls a sovereign, sovereign debt crisis. I think uh, what he's saying is just holding some Bitcoin as an alternative way to transact, which if something happens to the U.S. dollar in the long-term future, which always is possible. I don't think the dollar is going to collapse in the next six months or two years or even five years. But at some point in time, uh, all fiat currency does fail and Bitcoin will be there to continue using and make transactions with. I'm not uh, continuing the quotes from him, I should say here. I'm not suggesting anyone should take all their money and dump into these things. But what I am suggesting very strongly is that anyone who doesn't have some position in these things is taking more risk than they need to take because of the upside opportunity. Meaning that uh, the way I interpret this, and I couldn't agree more, I talk about this all the time, uh, Bitcoin's downside. What are we looking at on a downside? Maybe a 50, 60% drop at the most uh, if it happens. No way to predict that, of course. However, what's the upside over the next 10 years? It's very, very significant and uh, anyone's guess. And Bitcoin always... Bitcoin always rolls harder up than anyone ever expects. 
quote from him, Bitcoin could go to zero, but I personally believe Bitcoin's going to go up 100x. Asked whether he therefore agreed that a single Bitcoin could end up being worth $2 million, 100 times more than the current spot price. Leopard did not hesitate. Yes, easily, easily, he replied, setting the time frame for gains to materialize as five or six years. Leopard added that the next macro top for Bitcoin should be about 200K. That's quite the upside, followed by a 70% down uh, drawdown. That prediction is roughly in line with the average price basis emerging in recent days, putting his next cycle's bare bottom at $35,000. So uh, the next cycle, he's predicting to have a bottom of 35K, which is pretty significant bottom considering the upside is that he's predicting is 200K. However, I kind of, uh, I like these predictions and I don't see them as too crazy, to be honest. And uh, that's kind of where I'd predict. My, my prediction for Bitcoin, uh, the next bull market, which is just crazy to predict, predict at this point in time because we're so far down in the middle of a bear market, kind of in the middle of a bear market at this time. But I think we're going to hit that 200 to 250K as well. The downside, I'm not really sure. I don't really know. It depends on what the adoption curve looks like during that time. Bitcoin USD traded at around 19,600 at the time of writing. Yep. Uh, 14,000 reinforces the buy zone. I think, yeah, if Bitcoin goes down to 14,000, that's 100% a buy zone, considering we are not looking at any significant downside from there. Uh, the hands are strong in Bitcoin as of at this moment in time, and that's why we haven't dropped to those levels. And dropping to those levels, people are going to scoop it up so fast. It's going to be a really short wick down, I think. I don't think it's going to stay there for more than a few hours, maybe half a day to 24 hours, if it even does reach down to those levels. However, people are going to snatch it up and use that buying opportunity to stack sats. That's for sure. Uh, speaking of some volatility, we kind of talked about a little bit. Let's get into some info from Glassnoid. This is from Crypto Potato. Massive Bitcoin volatility incoming crypto market like a coiled spring, according to Glassnode. Glassnode concludes that the Bitcoin market is primed for a burst of volatility as multiple metrics point to it. The cryptocurrency market is calm in the past few weeks. Yeah, Bitcoin's just been uh, Bitcoin's been one of the most stable currencies on the face of the earth over the last few weeks. It's quite impressive, actually. The major exception to the lack of volatility seemed to be event-driven occasions like October 14th, when the United States Bureau of Labor Statistics announced the inflation numbers for September. Yeah, the, those inflation numbers were not so hot, were they? The Bitcoin price went on a roller coaster, plunging and then skyrocketing within an hour. So I wouldn't call that a roller coaster. It took about a thousand dollar dip and a thousand dollar return. Uh, in about an hour, probably liquidating both shorts and longs like we have seen during any time there's any kind of CPI numbers, Fed meeting or anything like that. We get liquidations on both sides, uh, short and long. Apart from this, which is a crazy game, isn't it? Uh, trading on leverage is a crazy game. Apart from this, though, the market has been rather static. Now Glassnode, a popular analytic, analyst, analytics resource, sometimes I have trouble speaking my native language, English, argues that it is cold, like a cold spring due for a burst of volatility. So some signs of incoming Bitcoin price volatility, since I don't think we need to speak on the stableness of it. Relatively similar compression can be seen within another metric, the adjusted spent output profit ratio or ASOPR. It measures the average realized profit loss multiple for coins that are spent on any given day. If the value is around one in a bull market, this often acts as support 
because investors tend to increase their positions at or around their cost basis, that is usually manifested as a buy the dip scenario. On the contrary, if the same value is in a bearish trend, it tends to act as resistance because investors attempt to exit, exit their positions at a cost basis. As the weekly average of a ASOPR approaches the break-even value of 1.0 from below, it is increasingly likely that the volatility is on the horizon, either a breakout or yet another rejection. Off-chain Bitcoin volatility also brewing. Glassnade also points out the vol volatility also seemed to be brewing in the derivatives market. This is because the options pricing of the short-term implied volatility has already reached an all-time low this week, currently sitting at 40%. When this happened on several other instances in the past, it has preceded violent moves, which often compound by deleveraging of DeFi and the derivatives market. So we could be looking at some Bitcoin volatility in the future. And uh, I think we're going to get this volatility uh, when we get an interest rate hike announcement, uh, which is coming, I think that's November 10th, November 8th. November 2nd, I should look that up. Uh, one moment, I'm gonna pause this podcast. We're gonna get some info back to you guys, one moment. November 1st or November 2nd, that's when the meeting's gonna take place and we're gonna get news of the interest rate hike and uh, I assume volatility all week for that. Uh, I think that's been pretty well the uh, the standard uh, every time. So don't uh, don't be unleveraged during that week, that's for sure. A little bit of Lido news here. So the Lido co-founder comments spark debate over decentralization of Ethereum. There's been a lot of talk about this. Ethereum moving to proof, proof of stake, what that means for decentralization of the project and what that could mean for the future, uh, especially in regards to censorship. And uh, crypto is supposed to be censorship free censorship free money uh and lido kind of puts that at risk a little bit i think anyway lots of there's lots of different views on it that's just mine um yeah but let's dig into this article a little bit this is from the defiant.io liquid staking giant lido has come under fire after the co-founder and chief technology officer i'm gonna screw up this guy's name here vasily Shapalov, I guess we'll call that, that's what we'll call it, said the hardware, u hardware used to secure Ethereum should be professionally managed, infuriating an army of enthusiasts who operate such hardware at home as well as several prominent Ethereum influencers. Uh, yeah, so he wants this to move to more of two industries, uh, staking, which is, oh, that's, uh, I don't think that's good for anyone here. Critics said uh, his comments were anti anti to decentralize ethos of Ethereum. I'm going to be generous here and apply Hanslon's razor that Lido simply doesn't get it. This is from Bed Adjington, the co-founder of Ethereum 2.0 client Consensi. This is a tweet he, uh, tweet he said here, referring to the adage that one should never attribute to malice with that which is adequately explained by stupidity. So a lot of people are going to be really upset when any kind of uh, words are spoken by Lido, which is the biggest Ethereum staking pool at the moment, and they their wish to move to some kind of industrial uh, industrial platform. Uh, yeah, the people are going to be upset about that. To participate in validating, trans validating transactions on Ethereum, users must stake or lock up their ETH and continu continuously run specific software in their computers. This is called running a node. For those of you that don't know, I think most of you probably do. Users who do are so rewarded with a modest staking yield. Uh, $42,000 outlay. The capital required to run a node is prohibitive. However, uh, yeah, $42,000. I would say that's somewhat prohibitive. However, 
There is lots of users in the crypto space that are uh, involved in this as individuals. The crypto space has a lot of uh, very, very wealthy people and then a lot of newbies trying to get wealthy as well. However, $42,000 in uh, the Ethereum to get involved in a staking pool, it is prohibitive. However, there are a lot of individuals uh, and I, I do believe that Ethereum, uh, staked Ethereum at this moment is relatively decentralized. And as prohibitive as that, as that 42K is, uh, what if that's upped even significantly more and it is only uh, indus industry players, institutional players that can get involved just because of the financial requirements. Uh, let's keep reading here. The high barrier to entry created at a created a market for companies like Lido, which allow users to stake and generate yields from any amount of ETH because of staking pool. Bitcoin's very similar as well, uh, their mining pools. No matter how small, Lido batches user deposits into 32 ETH chunks and gives the ETH to handpick node operators who run their software required to secure the blockchain. Rocket pool users fire back. Let's talk a little bit about this as well. His comments drew a quick rebuke from some prominent Ethereans. Never heard that term before, Ethereum users being called Ethereans. But the most fierce criticism came from the users of Rocket Pool, a competing decentralized liquidity staking protocol. Unlike Lido, Rocket Pool, Rocket Pool allows anyone to run a node as long as they can put up 16 ETH, which is still a lot of cash, right? Encouraging at-home use. I have already broken even on cost overall, the Rocket Pool node operator wrote. I spent 10 minutes a week maintaining the node. This is easy AF. Dangley, Darren Langley, general manager of Rocket Pool, told the Defiant that hobbyists rather than professionals are the likeliest to contribute to the resilience, resiliency of Ethereum. Couldn't agree more. It will keep Ethereum somewhat decentralized. There's a lot of there's a lot of ways that Ethereum can or Ethereum can Ethereum, eh? Ethereum can um, become centralized, and that starts with the top. There is a CEO. Uh, not called that, but there's a founder of Ethereum uh, that is still active in the community. That is one issue. The other issue is moving to proof of stake and how these institutions can take over uh, staking the staking protocol itself uh, just by their sheer amount of cash and uh, somewhat uncapped amount of money that they can put into Ethereum to just hold the largest staking pool. There's a lot of different ways that Ethereum can become centralized. However, right now it's doing okay, but we'll see how this um, this works out in the future here. This is a quote from Darren Langley. If you're a business, your sole purpose for being is to generate profit. It's not to secure Ethereum. That's a byproduct, and it's not what you're designed to do. He said, as a home staker, you may do it for fun, but I would certainly say that you are much more passionate than most businesses, and a lot of people do make a decent amount of profit at home staking. Yeah, so of course, this is a story that will be ever going until uh, Ethereum, uh, <laughs> I said it again, Ethereum, until Ethereum is truly decentralized or truly centralized, I guess. Uh, so this is going to be an ongoing story forever. Let's move on to the next one here. Uh, analyst Plan B says Bitcoin price action mirrors patterns that preceded epic rally to 69,000. So whether you like Plan B or you don't like Plan B, whether you like him or you hate him, uh, he is the one analyst responsible, I would say, for um, all of Bitcoin Twitter thinking that Bitcoin's going to hit a thousand bucks by the end of year last year in 2021, a hundred thousand dollars. So Plan B had his prediction model, and it was accurately predicting Bitcoin down to like a thousand bucks through the month of September, October, and November. And we just kind of thought that it would 
accurately produced the same results in December and January, and we were skyrocketing to 100000 bucks. However, that didn't work out as planned, so a lot of people kind of turned on Plan B during that time. Uh, this is kind of the Coles Notes version of the Plan B story of 2021. Uh, he was very accurate for a few months, and a lot of people bet a lot of money on him continuing to be accurate, and it just wasn't, and people lost a lot of money. So there's a lot of hate there for Plan B as well, and people have turned their backs on him like I previously previously stated there. However, let's get into the article here. This is from the Daily Hodl. Popular quantitative, quantitative analyst Plan B says Bitcoin's current price action mirrors a pattern that preceded the massive rally that capitulated Bitcoin's price to an all-time high. The pseudonymous trader argued to his 1.8 million Twitter followers that 20,000 is the new 4,000 BTC. After breaking 19,000 in late 2017, Bitcoin plummeted to below 40,000 by late 2018. Bitcoin hovered around $4,000 levels until April 2019 when it started moving upwards. The top crypto asset by market cap then largely continued to ascend. ascend. Yep, until November 2021 when it printed its all-time high of $69,000. Remember that? That was uh, that was a fun time, wasn't it? It's almost a year ago now. Bitcoin is trading at 19606 at the time of this writing. Plan B also noted that percentage of Bitcoin is lost currently mir- currently at a loss. So that uh, what he means by that is currently people holding Bitcoin right now, wallets that are holding Bitcoin that bought it and are currently at a loss mirrors the levels it was at during great buying opportunities in 2011 2015 and 2019 and he continues on with a little bit of ta which doesn't transverse directly doesn't transverse well directly to a podcast here so i won't go through it however if you do want to look at his tweets and his ta uh, you can have a look at his twitter account just search for plan b and it's also at uh, at one trillion usd is what it's called here. Moving on to the next article. The Security Exchange Commission, the FTC, has launched a probe into bankrupt crypto fund Three Arrows Capital. So this is on a bunch of different news sites. I kind of chose the article from decrypt.co to go over. Uh, there's lots of people talking about it, but Three Arrows Capital is currently under investigation now by the CFTC and the, the Security Exchange Commission following being under, being under, under investigation by some Singapore regulators. So we'll be following this story. There's not much on it other than they are currently under investigation. Uh, and we'll see how this plays out. There's been a lot of three hours capital. I remember, I'm just kind of going by memory here, uh, but they purchased a yacht with consumers, their customers' money. Uh, there was a lot of shady stuff that went on with three hours capital. And they were trusted, which is uh, crazy. It's mind-blowing at times to read what these big companies like Voyager, Three Arrows, uh, Duquan, which we'll speak on in a little bit. Uh, it's a mind, mind-blowing what they did. Celsius, another one. It's almost like they're just a bunch of degenerate gamblers, as that's what it appears to be. It's crazy to think about, but it just, uh, you can't argue with facts. And We'll see how this plays out for Three Rows Capital, but I have a feeling there's a lot of shady shit that went on behind the scenes here. Sorry, this is a family-friendly podcast. I should have said shady stuff uh, behind the scenes here. Speaking of shady stuff, perfect segue. Duquan developed his crypto Twitter persona for entertainment value, and uh, he got carried away. This is a quote from him here. I think, anyway, I think it's a quote from him. Uh, this is a headline from Decrypt.co. Terra's co-founder Duquan developed crypto Twitter's persona for entertainment value. 
Duquan got carried away and would spend less time on crypto, crypto Twitter if he could do things differently, he said in an interview. Yes, it was a quote. Thank goodness. Speaking from an undisclosed location at the Unchained Podcast, I thought he wasn't hiding. Why is his location, why is his location undisclosed? Terra co-founder Duquan said his abrasive Twitter persona developed over time and that it was largely for entertainment value. The industry lingo for this is called SHIT posting, he said in his tweets. Yeah, so a lot of people liked it. A lot of people didn't. Uh, he had a persona on Twitter. And uh, from his undisclosed, apparently Duquan is not in hiding. However, from his undisclosed location, uh, in this interview on a podcast, he said it was for entertainment value. And you could kind of re- get a read on that for sure. It was for entertainment value, but some people can't read into little things like that, right? Uh, last story of the day, I think here. Yeah, it is last story. So the Texas State Security Board in, is investigating FTX US, Sam Bankman-Fried. Sam Bankman-Fried has been able to avoid a lot of a lot of investigation through, I believe, uh, kind of donating to the right people at the right time. He's a donator on both sides, Republican, Democrat. However, he is a Democrat, not that that matters particularly to anything in particular, but uh, he is under investigation. I guess he didn't make the right people happy on, in Texas because the Texas state SEC is investigating him. Uh, let's get into the article here a little bit. Texas state regulators are taking a closer look at FTX and its U.S. affiliate and a regulator claimed he was offered a yield product that is classified as an unregistered security. The state regulator claimed in the filings that FTX U.S. yield-bearing account offerings are classified as unregistered securities. The Texas Authority compared FTX U.S. offerings, which give users up to 8% annual yield on their first $10,000 investment to now bankrupt crypto lender Voyager Digital's product. Uh, so this is a quote here. FDX US may be offering unregistered securities in the form of yield-bearing accounts to residents of the United States, a state filing stated. These products appear similar to the yield-bearing depository accounts offered by Voyager Digital. They probably are familiar. Uh, and the Enforcement Division is now investigating FTX Trading, FTX US, and their principals, including SBF himself. In the filing, a state regulator claims regulator claims that the yield earning accounts were offered to a U.S. resident. Yeah, so same product as Celsius and Voyager and FTX and uh, BlockFi and a lot of these other things we're offering. We'll see how this turns out. I don't think... Offering yield to clients is illegal in the States, is it? If, it, if it's illegal, reach out to me on Twitter. I, I don't believe that it is. I think this is a little bit of red tape here. Um, and maybe he's not donating to all the right people and they want their pockets filled as well. But uh, what's wrong with offering a yield product? As long as, the, as long as the institution offering that yield product is not doing shady things with the customer's capital. That's all. I don't think there's anything wrong with offering yield. Uh, people have a right to earn interest when they're loaning out uh, their cash as long as that cash is not being used for anything shady and there's proof of reserves somewhat. I think there should be somewhat proof of reserves from these institutions for at least a high percentage of uh, capital that they are taking in. Anyways, that's going to wrap up today's show. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to support us, we have a Patreon. You have the opportunity to be the first Patreon supporter of this podcast. There's also a link in the description that you can buy a Ledger device if you want to take your keys into your own hands like I do. Uh, you can purchase a Ledger device from the link in the description, and we'll get 10% of that sale, and that'll go to help support the Way Crypto podcast. 
best way to support the show, though, is to like and give us a subscribe and a review on your favorite podcast listening platform. Uh, a review on Apple and Spotify or whatever you happen to listen to podcasts on is the best way to support the show, and that helps us grow over anything else. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you tomorrow. Bye for now.